and welcome to the Have A Crack podcast, the show that allows at least one person the chance to rant and rave about everything and anything going on in the beautiful game that is football. I'm your host, Luke Peach. Today, we're going to take a good look at West Ham United. And to help us, I'm very pleased to say I am joined by West Ham United fan and friend of mine, George Camp. Congratulations on making your debut with me, mate. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I hope to get a hat okay cool I'm sure you will no doubt no doubt because George has informed me that he likes to rant quite a lot about West Ham so this podcast might actually be a two or even a three-parter so we'll see how we get on Um, before we get into it though guys I do want to say when I was prepping for this I noticed that West Ham have recently put out a pink football shirt in support of breast cancer now as part of breast cancer awareness month Uh, it estimated to make around about 15,000 pounds and the women's West Ham team and we'll be wearing it throughout the month of October. Uh, it's a great looking shirt and for a great cause. So get yourself one of those or donate to Breast Cancer now. Uh, just kudos to West Ham for doing that, really. Um, but now I guess we should get right into it. George, West Ham have had an interesting start to the season with two very impressive wins over the likes yeah. of Leicester and Wolves in recent weeks. Uh, but I can't help but feel that does paper over some gaping cracks in the club. Uh, you're quite active on Twitter. And the reoccurring thing I see from you is the, the Sullivan and Gold hashtag of get out of my club, basically. Yeah, be um, out. Yeah. So simple question, mate. Do you hate your owners and why? I mean, hate hate is a strong word. Um, I don't I don't hate them. No, no, I do. I do hate them. I really don't <laughs> like them. They are, you know what? It's it's been they've been in the club for ten years, and the there's a recurring thing that that keeps them coming out from the owners, and that's just lies. Um, they can go on to nas- they go on to national newspapers um, through the Sun with Karen Brady's like the piece that she has in there. Um, obviously, Sullivan's been on Talksport. Cresswell's been on Talksport before as well, um, and it's just—it's just a pack of lies every single time they open their mouths, and it's—it's it's a PR disaster for them as well because the fans are throughout the ten-year period. The fans have gone to a point where, yes, like they've saved the club from from the Icelandics, and we was about to go under, and we will ever forever be thankful for that um, as as fans for keeping the club afloat. However, five years down the line, it started to come to fruition that um, they were taking money out of the club, claiming that they were not taking any wage. However, they were loaning the club a load of money um, and then taking around two million pounds a year out of, month, out of the club in interest for the money that they'd loaned the club. And the interest was astronomical rates in comparison to what um, the club would get like through a bank or any person would get through a bank, for example. And it all really stemmed from there. And then we had the stadium move as well. And that's a dodgy deal because they're clearly making an absolute wedge out of the stadium because they're claiming that they only sold it for like 6 million. And you don't, you don't sell a stadium for 6 million. You know, you you just, it just doesn't happen. Um, So, and that, that's all under the, under the table. Um, to to his developer mates, Sullivan's developer mates, you, you know, people don't realise that he owns a lot of real estate um, in London, and prices obviously are going. This is where this is where his wealth has come from. Um, it's it's come from real estate, um, and at the moment, from a fan's perspective, all he seems to care about is money. Um, and throughout the this episode, um, it will be a reoccurring theme going back to the owners and them trousering or pocketing the money 
that is coming in or out of the club either way. Um, so yeah, I'm a big hashtag GSB out, you know, and, and the fans have been divided over the past few years for it. However, we're much more of a, a solid unit these days where I would say at least, at least 80% of the fan base are GSB out. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I see that on, on my Twitter, mainly all coming from you retweeting them all the time. So yeah. to me, it does seem like pretty much every West Ham fan is in that boat. But uh, look, I, I'm not a West Ham fan. And to be honest, I didn't actually think um, you were going to come in talking about that side of it, to be honest. I mean, I only can look at it from a football fan in general. Um, and from the outside looking in, you've got to say, you know, you've got David Moyes as your manager, former Everton yeah. and United manager. You've had former title winner Pellegrini in charge. In recent windows, you have bought the light of Haller, Anderson, um, Fornals, is that how you say his name? Fornals? Yeah, Pablo Fornals. Um, yep, yeah. Fabianski, Diop. You've got the likes of Rice coming through. You do have a lovely new stadium, which, as you say, does make more money than it costs. And um, all of that surely has to be a notch in the good column for these guys, right? Um, so what do they need to do to win you over? Well, we need to win things. They need to deliver on their promises. Um, we moved to the stadium and the promise was we're going to be competing in five years and i'll never forget i'll never forget there was an article i think it was the sun and it said on it we can be a champions league team in five years just look at atletico madrid that's exactly what it said on it and look at atletico madrid now and they're still obviously performing at that and look where we are struggling as a relegation candidate year after year after year and there's no doubt that they have spent a bit of money um, they, they, a couple of seasons ago when we bought Hallow, we bought Anderson, they're big money signings, big money signings. However, they've not, you know, they've been failures. They have been failures. You know, um, Anderson, he was, he was a good signing for the first year. He was really good. And if you asked me 18 months ago who our best player is, I would say Anderson. And now we've shipped him off to Porto for, what, a couple million pounds for a loan fee. And I, I think they're paying most of their wages, most of his wages. Um, but they, they, they just seem to fail on every aspect when it comes to this football club at the moment. Um, they can't bring in successful signings. They can't bring in. They they brought in a big a big name manager. Which, to me, if you're bringing in a manager who's going to who's having to go to um, China to to get a bit of a payday, then that kind of speaks volumes. Okay, he did really well at Man City but look how much money you had in Man City. You don't have that at West Ham. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the thing with it. You, it. To me, that looked like a lazy appointment, Pellegrini. I, don't, I feel that like they've just gone, Pellegrini's available. We can probably get him in. And they've paid him, I think it was £7 million a year to get him in. And look how that turned out. And they had to pay him off big bucks as well to get rid of him. They brought back David Moyes, um, which again, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a particularly bad appointment um I'm not, i wasn't happy about the appointment but given the options it's not a terrible appointment um what i do find is bad and this is just my opinion on it is they do not trust him they don't trust david moyes and i say that because he came in last time on a six-month contract he done quite well he kept the club up they then decided to go for pellegrini pellegrini had one good season he then left just before Christmas. So he had a season, not even a season and a half. Um, and they've brought back Moyes thinking, well, okay, we, we messed up here a bit getting rid of him. But they haven't backed Moyes the way that they backed Pellegrini. Um, and in the back of my mind, 
the transfer window we've just had, um, I believe that our net spend is currently on a nine million pound profit for this transfer window. Um, despite them saying that they was going to reinvest the full amount of the D and Garner money that we sold. Um, and I, and I feel like that that is down to because they know that Moyes is going to be out at the end of the window and that there's going to potentially be a new manager coming in, um, in the summer and they're going to have to back him because it should be to keep the fans off their backs, a big manager, uh, a big name. Um, and they're going to have to back a big name. So take that as, as you will. Okay, well, let me press you a bit more on that then. So if Moyes does go in the summer, and um, um, unfortunately for you, your owners will stay in place, who would you like to see come in as your manager? Uh, you know what? I, I'd, right now, I've not, I haven't even thought about it um, because it, it's, not, it's not something where I've gone, oh, well, I've, I've only recently thought that over the past couple of days where it's gone, oh, Moyes is going at the end of the year. Maybe this is why they're not investing. Um, people, other people saying, no, they're just tight or they're, they're gearing the club up to sell it, which I don't believe is true. Um, I mean, Benitez has always been, his name's always been floated around the club. Um, would I take Benitez? I mean, he didn't exactly tear things up at, um, at Newcastle, did he? So, well, I mean, and we're a similar club to Newcastle. Yeah, let me let me throw some other names at you. So obviously Bielsa at Leeds is only on a one season per at a time contract. So if yeah. you take um, him, um, Poch, you know, if he doesn't, he's obviously going to Man United, but if he doesn't and he's still available, um, you know, he had some success with, with Southampton and obviously had great success with Spurs. So um, he could do wonders uh, for a club like you. Benitez, as you say, and what about Eddie Howe? Well, Eddie Howe's a realistic option. Um, I don't think I, th- I think Poch and Bielsa probably aren't realistic for West Ham, um, and I don't think they match um, the ambition that the owners have of the club. If I'm honest, although the, the owners would say that they are ambitious, but I really don't think they are. Oh, you um, mean the managers would be more ambitious than the owners? You yeah, mean? yeah, they they want they want more than what the what West Ham can offer them. Um, I know Bielsa's at Leeds, uh, and obviously they were they were a Championship side when he went there. Um, but he's going to have much, much better offers than West Ham come the end of the season because Leeds are going to have, I think a lot of people think Leeds will have a good season this year. Um, and that is going to be mostly down to the manager and some of the signings they've brought in. Um, and I don't think, I don't think if West Ham come, come sniffing, I don't think, I, you know, most, most players these days are realising what our owners are like and realising how toxic our club is right now. Um, imagine how that's going to be for a manager. So no, I don't, I don't, I think, I think, Eddie Howe or someone of that calibre um, is, is going to be more realistic for us come, come the end of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're gearing up or if they're already tapping up other managers now, um, yeah. such as Eddie Howe. Or they, they might keep Moyes. I'm, I'm, I, might, I might be like, you know, barking up the wrong tree, but I just don't... I, the way that they've been acting with, with transfers and the way that Moyes is, and um, it's, it's obvious that the, the owners don't particularly like the backroom staff, particularly Stuart Pearce. Um, so yeah, that's just my thought on it. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, just a word on Leeds. I, I, I do think they will be um, the Wolves of this season, um, mm. if you know what I mean. Last season, Wolves were the entertainers, and I think Leeds are going to take that banner from them. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola went at City at the end of the season, and Bielsa took over from him. Uh, that would be yeah. a very, very dangerous combination. Uh, but anyway, back on West Ham. Um, let's talk more about the squad and, and and the current shape of the squad. So I have to admit, yeah. I went on um, the West Ham website to find out who the hell you've still got because. Yeah. Um, 
I, I couldn't really name more than five players. Uh, Bowden, yeah. Rice, Antonio, obviously, Fabianski being another one. Uh, Noble's yeah. always there. Uh, but other than that, I, I kind of struggled to name them. So <laughs> let, let's focus mainly on, um, well, the fact... The transfer business you've done, or the lack of transfer business you've done, um, you've obviously yeah. signed the young lad from Wickham, whose name escapes me, um, and uh, the two defenders Wickham. from Wickham. That's it. Uh, uh, no, he's, he came from Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Ah, oh, my apologies. Yeah. It began with a W. See, that's how little I know about that signing. Yeah. Um, and probably the same well, for a number of West Ham fans. Yeah. Um, and obviously you signed the two lads from Slavia Prague, but one of them was already with you anyway, so it's just making yeah. that permanent, right? So yeah. um, the domestic window is still open for another, what, eight days? And you have been linked with the likes of Josh King. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the squad and well, how it can still be improved? So so the thing is with the squad, and, and this is, again, this is going to go back slightly to the owners of what we discussed. And, and the term asset stripping has come quite a lot recently into relation to West Ham and that they have stripped the club of their assets in terms of players. We've got the smallest squad in the Premier League. Um, we've got 21 senior players that we can, that can pick, we can pick from. Um, that includes our third choice goalkeeper, David Martin. That also includes uh, an injured uh, Fredericks who, who plays on our right back. Um, other than that, you know, our squad um, not only is it the smallest squad in the league, but it's also the oldest squad in the league. Um, so we've got these problems, and this is why I think we're looking at championship players, um, because we've got a small squad, we don't have a lot of money, and we need young players. And you're not going to get young players on the cheap out of Premier League clubs. However, you will be able to get young players on the cheap if they're on, you know, at the end of their contract or nearing the end of their contract from championship clubs. And Josh King fits into that criteria really well. He's on the last year of his, con of his contract. He's a good player. He's a Norwegian international, which a lot of people don't realise because he's obviously got a very English name. Um, and I think he'd be a good signing. I, I really do. However, I don't see where he'd get into the team. Um, so, because obviously we've got Antonio that's sitting up top. He's 30 years old. His contract comes to the end at the end of this season. Um, and that, you know, that the club are saying that they're only going to renew contracts in January. By that point, you don't know if, if Antonio is going to get tapped up by another club. And I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he has, um, especially if they're going to offer him more money. I believe he's on about 60 grand a week or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, when you uh, consider that Ruben Loftus-Cheek is on 150 grand a week. Um, oh, that's absurd, that is. It is ridiculous, isn't it? And uh, to be honest, I didn't know Antonio was that, um, was that old at 30, to be honest. I thought he was still yeah. in his, his mid-20s. Yeah. Um, and I suppose Josh King, the striker, um, you're absolutely yeah. right. He would come in behind Antonio at the moment. But someone who's very, very, very low in your striker pecking order is, is Huller. £45 million pounds you signed him from the Bundesliga. Whenever he yeah. comes on, he scores. Why the hell doesn't David Moyes play him every week? And, and again, I think this, this is... Um, what, Moyes likes, to, likes, likes players that work really hard. Um, and I, I feel like that the reason why players like Haller, like... Yarmolenko, like um, Anderson, have been frozen out of the of the starting eleven, and I think this is simply down to work rate. Um, Antonio runs and runs and runs and runs, and we used to slate him like a couple of years ago because he only used to last sixty minutes in a game and he'd be blowing. Um, but he's got a lot fitter, 
Um, he's got a lot fitter. He's worked on his fitness um, and his workhorse and he's scoring goals now. Whereas before, I remember when we had Bilic in the club and Antonio was playing right back um, and he was playing right back simply because of his pace. Now, Antonio is obviously 30 years old. His pace isn't going to last forever. Sebastian Haller, what he's, I think he's 26, um, younger than what most people think he is. Um, and the one thing Haller doesn't get from West Ham that he was getting from Frankfurt, firstly, is a striking partner. And the secondly is the service. Um, you could tell by the Wolves game uh, and, and the early Carabao Cup games, um, he scored a few goals. He came on the Wolves. Within three minutes, he scored. And I was absolutely raging about that as well because I had him in my fantasy team um, <laughs> thinking that he was going to play after his exploits in the, in, the, in the League Cup. And I thought it was like five minutes to go and I was like, we're winning 3-0. I was like, if he puts on Haller, I'm going to be raging because he's going to get me zero points for the fantasy team. He put Haller on and I was going, I was blinded and everything. And, and then he scores and I was like, oh, that's a great, that's tactical genius from the dinosaur, um, as, as we call Moyes. So, yeah, I, 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 I would think Haller's very frustrated with, with you know, his scenario at West Ham. Um, I, I've heard rumours that um, of a lot of the West Ham players are on appearance bonuses. So um, that's why a lot of the players, especially the big money players, aren't well, wasn't st- starting. I don't believe that again. I think it, again, it's just down to the work rate, as I mentioned. Um, and it, well, if if let's put it this way, if someone came in and offered probably West Ham 35, 40 mil for Haller, I would I would be very surprised if they didn't take it because Moyes clearly doesn't like him. Hmm. I mean, if that if that is true about the whole appearance bonuses, I mean that just links back to what you were saying about the actual running of the club um, exactly. being being the main problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah, um, Haller for me is like is one of those strikers, like you say, you you leave up top. He doesn't really run back all the time, but my God, when he's in the box or or, or when you've got a corner yeah. or a free kick, he's the man you want there. Exactly, um, strong, which, tall, athletic. He's a fantastic player. And I don't, I just don't think he gets utilised the way he should. Um, he doesn't fit Moyes' style, and that—I mean—that's that's fine. If he doesn't fit Moyes' style, that's fine. He's not—he's not a Moyes player. He didn't—he didn't—he didn't come to the club when Moyes was here. I don't think. So, um, yeah. Well, we've talked about players obviously still in the club. It's time we should probably give an honourable mention to some of the players that are not at the club anymore. So you've already yeah. mentioned Anderson going to Porto uh, on loan, which he, I believe, has described as a dream move for him. Um, good, good for him, I suppose. Um, obviously, Zabaleta has been released. Um, I, I think everyone would have expected that. What is he, yeah. like 40 now or something? Um, yeah. And um, like obviously, Wilshere having his uh, contract terminated on deadline day, netting him a cheeky, what, like three million quid or something? Don't even get me started started with that you know what right Wilshire he's he has I would say stolen a living at West Ham right I don't know I don't know how many how many appearances he's made I know it's it's less than 20 surely um but the guy's on a hundred grand a week at West Ham right and they've said to him we want to pay you off and they was they've been talking about it all summer they wanted to get Wilshire off the books to save the money on his wages to um be able to either reinvest it or or whatever because of what's going on in the world as well the, the owners are saying that they're struggling uh, with money West Ham seems to be the only team to struggle with money because all the other teams around us are you know making decent signings like you compare teams like Palace, Fulham, West Brom, Newcastle 
Sheffield, they've all spent more than £20 million in this transfer window. Um, West Ham seem to have just been selling everyone. Um, and we've always been a selling club. And they always say we're not a selling club, but we are a selling club. And we always have been. Um, but, yeah, um, the Anderson thing to, to Porto, I understand that. That's that's a, a given. And he wasn't performing well in West Ham. He didn't seem to have the confidence. He was pulling out t- challenges, wasn't tracking back. He, Moyes didn't like him. I think it's a good move for him. Wilshire, I think we've paid him, as you said, 80% of the remainder of his contract, which is worth about 3.8 million. So we've just paid him, what, just over 3 mil? Just so, so, he, so he can leave and not do anything. And not only that, but we've got rid of Anderson, who's a centre midfielder. Well, not a centre midfielder, but he's a midfielder. Um, we've got rid of Cullen, who's a centre midfielder. Uh, we're, we're left with um, Rice and Suchek in the middle. Now, if any of those get injured, our backup options are Mark Noble, who I absolutely love. And he's, he's my West Ham idol. Like, I, I, I'll say that happily. Um, the captain of the club. And I think he should always be, while he's at the club, as long as he's playing captain of the club. Um, and 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 Snodgrass, who are both they're both thirty three years old. So, and if one one thing that you did mention there, obviously, there's one team that obviously hasn't spent as much money as you, and that's Burnley. Um, yeah. So they've had a bit of a, a torrid time. But then again, this is Burnley. We come to expect that they won't spend money. Uh, one of the reasons why I think maybe you've been able to spend money is the fact that you sold um, Dean Garner to West Brom, which was a big shock to everybody. Something like eighteen million pounds. Even your own, well, your idol, your captain, Mark Noble, came out on Twitter pretty much damning the transfer. And what are your thoughts on on that? Rightly so. And again, this is back to the owners. They said they was going to reinvest all of that money from the Dian from the Dian Garner transfer. Now they've spent six million pounds on Kufal, who, by the looks of it, is looking like an absolute steal for the money that we paid for him. Um, and and he obviously was recommended by by Suchek. So these are the days we're in that other players are having to recommend other players for West Ham. Um, and then where was we? I forgot the topic. Sorry, <laughs> Dean Garner. Uh, yeah, yes, and then and then Dean Garner. Um, obviously, Bilic liked him. Bilic gave him his, his chance at West Ham. So it was always going to be a case of um, they, they was going to co- try and come for him. West Brom fans. I remember when we played West Brom in the cup last year, um, and they beat us one nil. Um, Dean Garner was he's on loan. Was an, on loan to West Brom last year. He couldn't play because he was cup tied or or whatever because he was on loan to them. Um, and the West Brom fans on the way back, they said to us. I'll tell you what, that Dean Garner is going to be absolutely class in a few years' time. You definitely want to keep hold of him. Well, lo and behold, 10 months later, we've flogged him to him for £18 million. Our best prospect, our best player that we was expecting to, you know, rise up and, other than Rice, obviously, to rise up um, through the ranks and be a, a start in 11 and be on our wing every single time. They've gone and flogged him to a relegation candidate again. So... Not only that, but the, 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 the biggest problem with it is that we haven't really, apart from Kufal, we haven't improved our squad. Um, we just about scraped away from relegation last year. And all the teams around us, I mean, look at Aston Villa, have improved. They've mm. all improved. Yeah. And the teams that are coming up, Fulham, um, Leeds, they're definitely going to finish above us. And West Brom, all right. West Brom are probably going to be relegated. I would imagine Fulham will get relegated, and I would definitely put us in that in that as another candidate. I do, I do. I'm sort of looking at other teams like Sheffield and Brighton that I was thinking might be down there. 
Um, but I think it's too early too early in the season to to start making those claims of teams that are going to get relegated. I think it's just a case of you're looking at them, you're getting a feel of the team. I think give it until maybe the end of November and then people you'll start to get a very good inkling of how good the other teams are because it's it you, your your team is in trouble when you're starting to look at other teams that you think are going to be worse than you mm. and that's what West Ham fans have done this year they've looked at the start of the season the least optimistic I think we've ever been I think that's again the owners have sucked the soul out of the club um, and we're now we will I say now we were at the beginning of the season thinking that we are definitely getting relegated the past two performances well three performances especially against Leicester and uh, Wolves um, have made us think otherwise um, and I think that's why we've signed less players than what I thought we would because we've had two good performances and the, the manager and the owner has gone well we don't need players but mm. you know well, I mean, there, there, there's loads of topics there. It's a shame that you, we're going for the international break now because you guys hit a good run of form just before you're about to play my lot, Spurs. And exactly. obviously, you'd love to, to get one over on us. Um, and to be honest, I'm speaking for quite a few Spurs fans who would be quite nervous at playing West Ham at the moment just because, you know, beating the likes of Leicester and Wolves and, and quite comfortably as well. Um, but then again, we've had our, our drumming of Man United. So it'd be a quite a good clash if the international break didn't happen. And, and now um, both of us are a little bit unsure of the situation. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think Fulham and West Brom at the moment, if you t- put a gun to my head and told me to choose two teams that are going to go down, it would be those two. And yeah, I think if you listen to um, episode one of my podcast, I did tip West Ham probably to be the third. You will probably be joined down there by the likes of Sheffield and, and, and Burnley. Um, but um, like you say, it, it is probably a bit too early to tell. Mm. Um, but uh, if behind the scenes has anything to do with it, then yes, you certainly would be would be down there based on what we've what we've already said. Uh, you mentioned a name there as well, Rice. Absolutely fantastic yeah. that you've kept him in this transfer window. He was obviously linked to Chelsea to join up and become the next Frank Lampard, uh, pretty much. Um, how important is it that you've kept him? I mean, Rice is our best player um, by I think a considerable distance. Um, consistently performs for us. Um, apart from when he's playing at centre back, because although he, although it's stated that he can play centre back, I don't think he's a very good centre back. He's much better sitting in front of that defence and sweeping up. Um, the thing is with Rice, he, my opinions are obviously I'm a West Ham fan, so I'm completely biased. But I get to see him week in, week out. I can see how effective he is to West Ham as a club. He is, if the best, if not one of the best, if not the best, centre defence midfielders in the league. Um, I think there's a case for Ndidi maybe being better for him at Leicester. Um, but statistically, um, Rice is, is is definitely up there. I was looking at stats the other day. Um, and who's that, that new signing party who's gone to Arsenal? Yeah. Rice had better stats than him from last season um, in terms of what he offered um, within his role. And I think what was one of the stats, it was like a, a pass completion percentage was like 86%. And he made an average of three tackles a game and 2.1 intercept, interceptions a game. And um, he, he, in comparison to other players like Ungolo Kante, who is an absolute class player, who's definitely at his peak now, um, 
all right, he didn't play as many games because he was slightly injured last year, Kante, but Rice made double the amount of challenges that Kante made last season. However, Rice still um, made less fouls than what Kante did, but he made double the amount of challenges. And I think that speaks a lot um, for the type of player that Declan Rice is. He, he doesn't just go full steaming ahead because I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think he's got that type of build to be able to do that. And I don't think Kante has either. Um, but Rice picks the ball up, he sweeps up, and he takes it out of his own half. And you could see that with like the run that he had against Leicester. I don't know if you saw that, but he literally ran the whole length of the field and smashed the bar. Um, uh, the guy, and, I, and I, he's, he's picking up the captain's armband from Noble because Noble's not playing. Um, and he's going to be captain for England. I, like, I guarantee it, he'll be captain for England one day. Um, I, I think he's the most underrated, most under, undervalued player in the league and, and, and for England. Mm. I think Frank Lampard probably did agree with you because obviously that's why he was linked with Chelsea and probably seen as a, as a Kante successor. Um, sticking with Frank Lampard and Chelsea, obviously there was talk of you getting um, a centre-back from them on loan, uh, but with 10 minutes left to go after a conversation with Moyes, I don't know if this is true, it's just what I've heard in the media, um, that he pulled out of the deal because Moyes couldn't guarantee him first-team football. So my question for you is, would you have liked Tamori to join? And what, why is Moyes saying he can't guarantee first-team football? Because uh, do you think your existing centre-backs are good enough? Well, so this is another thing, right? So David Sullivan says that Moyes is in charge of the transfers. But it's very clear that Sullivan is going for transfer targets and not telling Moyes about it and then going to Moyes. By the way, I've done a deal for Tamori, for example. Um, speak to the player because he wants to come here uh, and get it over the line. Moyes is like, all oh, right, okay. Um, has a phone call to Maury. Isn't really that keen on the player anyway. Or, or I, th- I think Moyes is philosophy I hate using the word philosophy but I think Moyes' philosophy is you need to earn your position at the club Mm. and I think that's true especially with players like Bowen when he came in because he didn't start when he first started when he first came to West Ham everyone saw him 20 million pound signing he was on the bench he was clearly going to be a fantastic player for us but Moyes needed to be proven that he was going to be able to perform and he needed to ease him into the team for that. He didn't want to start him because I think he deemed it too risky. And I think it would be the same it was the same thing with Tamori. I think Moyes was thinking in his head, well, all right, he's a good player, but he needs to earn his place. And I think that's probably the conversation that's gone on there. And Tamori's thinking to himself, you know what? I play for Chelsea. They're a Champions League team. We're going to go further in the cups. I'm probably going to get more game time than what I'm getting. If he can't promise me I'm going to start every every single game at West Ham, then what am I doing moving to West Ham? Because I can play in the Champions League or I can play in the FA Cup or I can come on as a 60, 70 minute sub for Chelsea. Now, if I was Tamori and I wasn't a West Ham fan, I would do exactly the same as him. I would have said, you know what? I'm going to stay where I am. I have no reason to want to go to a club that's struggling for relegation um, and, and, not, and being told that I'm not going to get a guaranteed to play. So I don't blame him at all. Our transfer, we've had a, an absolute shocker of a transfer window in terms of bringing players in. We really have. I think there was like 20 targets or centre-back targets that they had put in bids for all around Europe. Um, Fofana, one of them. But the, I think the demands from West Ham for Fofana, who's obviously now gone to Leicester, were outrageous. I think they offered him like, offered like 23 million with add-ons and said that we want to pay, pay it in instalments over six years. And the club, and then they said, we want an answer for you, from you by the end of the week. And obviously the club have gone, have a day off. Chelsea, um, 
Leicester have offered us the same thing. They're going to pay pay a bigger fee up front and and over the next three years or whatever. I don't know what the deal is, but it certainly is not going to be six years. And they're not going to be. They certainly wouldn't have been so um, brazen about it as West Ham were. So, yeah, I mean. Um... Leicester's obviously and also a more attractive prospect at the moment for the player as well. So that, that didn't go well for well, um, exactly. Yeah. Like last year Leicester were on fire. They didn't have a great end to the season. Um, but they've started this season well by the West Ham game. So mm. Well, I mean, yeah, they they beat what Man City for like five five two, five one. Um and yeah. then you beat them, so you're champions, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. And this is this is why this this is why especially the international break has come at a bad time for us because although I know Spurs beat you know, Man United 6-1. My, my argument is that Man United are not the team that, that they think they are, first of all. Um, they had 10 men as well. Um, although Spurs were very good, um, we always seem to bring a game to Spurs, West Ham, especially when there are fans there. I know there's not fans there at the moment, but when there are fans there, we bring them a game. Um, and we beat a very informed Leicester team. Uh, and I... I don't like going into a game against Spurs feeling confident because we normally get absolutely battered. Um, but I'm feeling quietly confident about the Spurs game. Think after the two performances that we've had against Wolves and Leicester. So we'll see how that turns out. Well, something that I think will probably make you quake in your boots a little bit is obviously um, Gareth Bale. His first game back could be uh, against you. And uh, I know you have very special feelings towards him and him banging in a goal from outside the box against you. I have- I have special memories against Gareth Bale because <laughs> we, uh, I remember I was sitting in the Bobby Moore end of Upton Park and we was winning the game and it was three all at the end, near the end. Gareth Bale picks the ball up from roughly the halfway line, takes a few little touches and bangs his left foot and it absolutely pelters into the top right hand corner of the goal. And he starts running off and doing his little sign that he does with his hands. And I booted the chair in front of me so hard that I broke it. Um, <laughs> and I'll never, ever forget that. And for that, I despise Gareth Bale. He ruined, he absolutely ruined my experience that day because I thought we was going to have an absolute belt of a game. I've had some very good experiences watching West Ham v Tottenham. Very good experiences. I've seen us, I've watched Jermaine Defoe miss a penalty against us. That was beautiful. <laughs> the best one was obviously when we done you 3-0 at, at the lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Ravel Morrison done that wonderful run and round the keeper and put it in. I ended up three rows down that day. It was great. I had a fantastic day. Went there with my brother. Um, I think that was the season we beat you three times in a row. Yeah, you just had to get that on the podcast, didn't yeah, you, George? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, look, I mean, I mean, this is the thing we have to cling on to football right now, right? You know, remembering all the times we were there and having a great time. And uh, I know we all can't wait to get back in the stadiums and, and, and support our clubs. But we'll see what happens. I've got two more questions for you, George. Um, sure. The first one uh, is a little game I want to start playing on here. Uh, it's called Sign, Sell and Loan. If you had a £100 yeah. million pound war chest right now, forget who your owners are. Who would you buy? Who would you sell? And are there any players in your current squad that you would loan out because they're either not going to get game time because of who you've signed or because they need to go out and, and get experience somewhere else? So fire away. The loan one's an easy one for me. I would loan out Ben Johnson. He's our right back. Um, he's not going to get in front of Kufal and Fredericks. Um, and I don't think he's good enough, to be honest, for West Ham at the moment. He's not a first-team Premier League player. He does need the timeout. Um, so I would send him out on loan to a, a, a championship or even a League One team. Um, by we are in for the for our club what we need right now we are in desperate need of a centre back um and 
I've always, uh, I think his name is Jonathan Tarr. I just know his surname is Tarr from Leverkusen. From Leverkusen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we was linked with him. Um, we was linked with him at the beginning of the season or beginning or whenever, and we and we couldn't get him for whatever reason. Um, so he's an absolute animal, that guy. And when I when I heard that we was linked with him, I thought to myself, I recognise that guy. And you know what? I only and I'm going to admit this. I, I recognise him from FIFA because mm-hmm. I saw him on FIFA for a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, he looks like a good sign and I'll buy him. Um, and then when I saw it in real life and I thought, oh, I've looked a few little YouTube clips of him. And he's a beast, absolute beast. He reminds me of a stronger Winston Reid in his prime. That's what he reminds me of. Um, and I think that's the type of player that we need at the back. Mm. So, and who would uh, you sell? Uh, who would I sell? Who would I sell? I mean... <sighs> I wouldn't want to sell anyone because we've got such a small <laughs> squad as it is. I think David David Sullivan sold most of our players. Um, I mean, there are players there that are that. Oh. I mean, I've got to put one in your mouth because I know you complain about him a lot. What about Creswell? Yeah, yeah, but the thing is with Creswell, he sits in. He plays a lot better at centre back or as a left centre back than he does as a left back. And we've got Mazawaku that's playing on the left wing back. And, and Creswell's sort of sat inside and Creswell's, he's just been performing there. He's been doing a couple of assists. If you'd have said that to me three weeks ago, Creswell would have been top of my list. But after his performances and seeing what he can do there, I have to think twice about it. If I'm honest, um, I, I would be looking at someone like, someone. if they're not going to use him, I'd look at selling Haller because I know that they'd get decent money for him. Mm. Uh, and, and my... my Inkling is that they would obviously try and reinvest it, but they wouldn't. They would never reinvest it. Yeah, you're um, thinking the, like a proper West Ham owner at the moment with that. <laughs> yeah, but what's the point in having a 45 million pound player that's earning 100 grand a week on the bench? And and it's the same kind of thing with with Anderson. You know, the guy was cost us 40 million quid, and he was on 80 grand a week or something, and he's sitting on the bench every week. I think we had one of the most expensive benches in the league, and we're sitting in the bottom half of the table. Like you know, it just makes no sense. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think Haller would probably definitely be up there in terms of players that I'd want to sell. Um, well, I noticed actually on your squad page that Reed is actually still on your books. He's just on loan, isn't he? Oh, oh. he scored the other day. He scored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's at uh, Kansas. Oh, I can't remember where he's at. I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember he was, he was linked with the likes of Spurs and stuff for 20 million quid, I remember, a bit like yeah. Mawson was. And now he's on loan at somewhere we can't even remember. And Yeah, he, he again, he had injury problems. He'd done his knee once a few years ago um, and he's never really recovered from it. And all the managers that come in, they gave him this bumper deal, um, you know, when he was at his prime. And I think the end of this season, I think he's, he's, his contract is up anyway. Um, but... Yeah, he's. I, I feel sorry for Winston Reid because he doesn't get he doesn't get the credit that he like. You know, he scored that last goal against Man United at the old at, at Bolin. Um, again, that was a fantastic moment for us. Fantastic moment for him as well, and he'll always be remembered for that. The um, the goal against Millwall that he scored, an absolute belter that he just smashed into the back of the net. So he's he's had some. We've had some very memorable moments from Winston Reid. Um, However, he uh, he's injury he's got injury plagued, um, like most of our other players, from the sound of it. Um, so, yeah, okay. Well, okay. Last question then. It's quite a big one. one. Realistically, where are you going to finish? 
Now, in my first podcast, like I said, I tipped West Ham to go down. That's not because I'm a Spurs fan and it'll give me some sort of weird kick, but because generally of everything we've talked about today. Um, so realistically, from a West Ham fan's mouth, where are you going to finish this year? Look, I, I think that most West Ham fans would say that they would take mid-table quite happily. Um, if we can finish anything above 13th, I think that would be called a successful season based on, on what our on what our first feelings were at the beginning of the season. Um, realistically, all, again, it's hard to say, given um, the, the amount of games that have been played. I do think we're going to be struggling, and I think we're looking, um, we're going to be looking behind us for the whole season. So I'm going to say, optimistically, 15th. Okay, very interesting. Well, you've heard it, West Ham fans, from one of your own. That was a deep dive into the situation at West Ham. Do you agree with him? Uh, has he spoken for the majority of you? Let us know, and you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at LJ Peachy, and of course, you can follow the podcast at, at Have a Crack Pod. Uh, but you can also follow George. George, uh, what's your Twitter handle? It's CampyWHU. Brilliant. Well, my thanks again to George for joining me on today's podcast. And of course, many thanks to you all for listening. We'll catch up with you next time where we'll be reviewing everything that happens with the England um, international friendlies. And of course, any moves in the domestic transfer window as well. But for now, we will catch you again soon. All right.